We are Wrestling Elitists. I am your co-host, Chris Scott Moore, joined as always with my chemical brother, Sean Nash. Hello. And Hello. I am the fat boy to his slim, Mr. Alan Skipson. <laughs> oh, I thought Shouldn't you were talking about that boy at first. Shouldn't someone be gone? Yeah, this is... Like, we can't have a full booth. This yeah. feels weird. I feel this like we're going to talk over each other. Three man More than we already right. have. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening today. If you're new to the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple or Spotify. Give us a follow. Give us a five-star review as well. Also, you can follow us on uh, social media. On Twitter at Wrestling Elitist Podcast. You can also follow us at Wrestling Elitist Podcast on Instagram as well. In our Twitter page, you'll see our link tree that does have links to our merch, which we'll talk about a little bit later, as well as our website, WrestlingElitist.com, where we post all of our latest star ratings, match reviews, and commentary on AEW's product. All right, Sean, if you're new to the show, what's the format? Wonderfully put. Yes. This week, we're going to talk about our news, match, moment, and cringes of the week, along with what we're looking forward to. Kind of a, we're all in the same boat there. And then some extras to to leave you off before we get into some live wrestling. Awesome. So let's go right into the news. A lot of things happening with AEW this week. Alex, let's start with you. 50K uh, in pre-sale for the Wembley All-In Show. It's... uh, I think if you go back a couple episodes ago, uh, it was just a Chris and Alex show uh, that week, I believe. And we discussed where we thought that Wembley would have in terms of the the numbers, how many people would be there. And I think we both were not saying a number that was above 50 at that time. So they've already outshot that in the pre-sales, which I don't understand how you have five pre-sales, what the difference is between that and a regular sale. Uh, maybe somebody smarter than me knows that feels like they're all just sales at this point but regardless it's a it's a feat that um you know i we were talking about it just before the show i think that it's impressive no matter which way you want to put it there's a way to be cynical about it there's a way to be um to believe that uh you know what was that espn guy that said that they were only going to be seating forty thousand? well they've already exceeded that so it's it's impressive it'll be interesting to see what the card looks like if I was a WWE fan, I'd be very nervous that they would just be uh, cashing in on this and, and not really actually delivering because they had no need to at this point. But uh, tomorrow we'll get some more numbers in terms of the actual sale. I do, I do wish they were actually not doing all out a couple like a week later because I do think it kind of yeah. dilutes that a little bit. I think it makes this a little bit less of a big deal. But regardless, congratulations AEW, congratulations Tony Khan. Um, what a cool way to to enter the the british market yeah it just took balls i mean i think we talked about this before but the idea that you're gonna shoot your shot and you're gonna get the biggest live event you've ever had you're gonna get you're gonna draw the most money you've ever had and you kind of do need to sell ninety thousand though in the eyes of so many fans or at least eighty thousand, whatever the capacity is for wrestling um to make it seem like a success i know the goalpost keeps moving um, for everyone's barometer of what a success is, but, um, they're at the point now where I think like, yeah, the expectation I think should be to sell the whole thing out, um, based on the momentum that they've had. Um, you mentioned the weird pre-sale stuff and I think, I think it has something to do with like certain sections will become available based on when you get your password or what type of tier you are for, I don't know, 
maybe mm. that's part of it or maybe it's a way to like stop scalpers in the resale market or possibly for them to just fuck over people and have be in cahoots with Ticketmaster. It's a class like, system. It's all it is. To, Levels right, of yeah. tears. Which one do you think it is? Probably the last one. Yeah. Go yeah, with evil with Ticketmaster. <laughs> I think they easily sell this out. I mean, it's a once in a probably couple of years that they're going to, AEW is going to come around to the UK. So this is going to be some people's one shot to go see it. And why not see it the first time? Just like, the first all in was the first time for all these people to come together. So I'm sure they'll do it. Yeah. And and I think that that's the one area where I can see where people that are being a little bit pessimistic about this or, or whatnot um, is, is that point right there. Like they're only, if they're only coming to the UK once every four or five years, this is their first time there since their iteration, you know, can they repeat this type of success again? And, you know, I see a lot of people saying, you know, doing the whole like troll of like, Oh, but I thought AEW was dead. How come there's a, how come they can sell all these tickets? First of all, you're being, you're like, you're over dramatizing obviously, but I think, um, or, you know, they'll, they'll cite that they did this without announcing the card. I think one thing that you can always count on with AEW is that they will deliver with the card. Um, and also once again, it's something that this is only going to potentially be a one-time thing. And if it's not, it's going to be a once every few years would be my guess. So people are, I think, looking at this as an experience, uh, a, a way to say I was there. I don't know that you could do this in the, I don't know, it's not the Georgia, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium down in Georgia. I don't know that you could sell 80,000 tickets. That's not to take away from the event. That's not to take away from what they've done already. Um, but it's just a little bit of, it, I guess I've been reading too much of the toxic comments this week online on both sides. And I just wish people could look at it more objectively. Well, everyone's barometer of what of of, of how healthy they are is so different. And I, I was gonna sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was gonna say I saw somebody no, claim right. that they've lost. I saw somebody claim that they've lost six hundred million dollars since their iteration. If they've it's lost so six hundred million dollars since their iteration, I don't think that they would be, you know, around still at this point. Yeah, DadCon's not that generous. I mean, my God, cutting off the wallet. Yeah. I think he put a hundred million in, so uh, that'd be yeah. impressive to have lost that. And then you also have a sixty million dollar a year TV deal and, and everything else. I think, I think they're doing fine. Bullet Club is fine. I mean, you can dunk on the video game not being released, sure, but like I don't know, six hundred millions a lot. <laughs> like, holy shit! Could you imagine though? Like, if they just imagine if they actually did lose that much money and it still was a thing. Uh, oh, maybe they get bailout money by the government. Who knows? All right. Well, speaking of two shows that aren't going to get bailed out, Sean, what was your news of the week? It's over <laughs> and done for, for dark and dark elevation. I mean, I think the first week that we did this podcast, I watched dark or dark elevation. Can't tell you which one. Never watched it since. It's, it's not useful. Uh, don't have time. We're going to add another show. It only makes sense to, to trim the fat and, and put the good stuff what we're going to have on Saturdays. Who knows? Even maybe get rid of uh, Rampage because that's kind of, Shit too. Where am I going to watch Luther matches? Uh, you could still go to YouTube and just look at the past. <laughs> let's let's move on to a brighter future without Luther. I um, uh, I saw ahead. that news and I wondered like who's sad about this, and uh, so naturally I went to Reddit and read. Sure. Um, it's everyone who wants to make the joke of like, oh, it was my favorite podcast that had um, wrestling in the background. 
because everybody loves Taz and Excalibur. I'm like, who? Like, that was the joke that a million people made. Um, I mean, maybe this, hopefully this means that uh, Paul White is uh, expendable. And I, I can't tell you how I've probably watched 10 AEW Dark matches. They're just all, not including when they film it before uh, Dynamite. So I'm glad that they're going to now put the focus on the ROH matches because those tend to be better matches yeah. anyway. So we'll get that before the show. Makes me a little bit more excited to see that rather than, I don't know, watching some hometown hero lose to Nick Camarada. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think just what you guys said right there, like you couldn't tell the difference between dark and dark elevation. That's a problem. Um, right. And two, like every company has at many points in WWE's history, when they were hot, when they were not, they had multiple shows. And I just, I've never understood the reason for having that now. Like everyone has cable. Everyone has everything. Like it doesn't like, what's the fucking point? Um, and they do need to trim some fat. They have way too many fucking shows and it hopefully allows them to focus a little bit on what they're doing and broadcasting and um, makes things more important for the time that they have. My fear though, is that they continue to like cram 10 wrestlers into one segment for every fucking segment. Like that would be my fear is like, Oh, what are we going to do with them? They have to stay strong. They have to be on TV and they, they just do too much of that but hopefully that doesn't happen. But like you said, um, don't want to be an asshole, but like, yeah, this is a good time to like, do we need big show? Do we need Mark Henry? Do we need Luchasaurus? Do we need <laughs> just like a lot of people you could probably like go like, eh, it's yeah. not cutting time. I know well, they're getting I, money with the collision show, but like, do we need all these people? I think it means less too now that there's no, win loss records you don't need to beef up somebody's win loss record if they're losing on dynamite oh good point that's yeah. not really a thing anymore that oh, yeah. it was valuable then it was valuable when that was there and then also i think it was valuable when you had a, a lighter roster to get it you know yes. to discover the powerhouse Hobbses, the uh the max casters and anthony bowens like those guys all got their start uh within aw dark um and been you kind of needed you needed that at the time because there wasn't quite as much uh, <laughs> talent on the overall roster. But I think at this point, um, I don't I don't really see there being a whole lot of, of value that you're getting out of it. Yeah, I agree. OK, cool. Let's go on to what our matches of the week were. Alex, let's start with you. Mine was the eight man tag uh, Orange Cassidy, Bandito, Roderick Strong, and Adam Cole defeating the JAS. I just I enjoyed the match. It was a great start, especially because I feel like the last few weeks they've just been starting the show with awful promos, Jungle Boy, and uh, it was really nice to just get a a chance to just see a barn burner, um, get a chance to see Roderick Strong. I saw you in the write-up for last night's show, I, I, I understood where you're coming from, that you would have liked to have seen Strong in a singles match, but I kind of liked him getting the, the tag match like showcase uh, because I, I just I liked that better than seeing Roderick Strong face, once again, a Serpentico or something like that, where it's just like, why is he even, why is this match happening? It was just a little bit more of an involved match. So I get where you're coming from, from a showcasing standpoint, but Man, it made me realize how much I missed Roderick. I haven't really watched him since basically since AEW's iteration because I kind of stopped watching NXT at that time. Yeah. Fucking, I, I love the Messiah of the Backbreaker. Um, 
you know, end of heartache. Uh, you know, his chops are insane. He looks good right now. He looks healthy. Um, you know, I think that for me, he's somebody that when you do this brand split, he could definitely be an upper card challenger to one of your world titles at some point, maybe not necessarily winning it, but somebody who's more interesting than what they have going on in the world title scene right now. And, um, you know, then seeing Adam Cole, like not to steal your thunder, Chris, but the way that he actually went up and attacked the heel after the match and was trying to during the match rather than just, you know, being a little uh, baby the whole time. My thoughts exactly, you know, <laughs> no, but I, yeah. I enjoyed the match too. Like it did have a lot of energy, a lot of flair. Um, there wasn't a bad rambling promo that didn't seem authentically in their voice, Jungle Boy. And, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> poor guy. Um, but, Ricochet you shots. Know, uh, yeah. Um, the Roddy thing. I mean, uh, I wasn't like, oh, the, he's he's fucking done. They're fucking killing him. He's never going to get over now. Duh. But I could understand the the thought process of some fan was going like, you know what? I'd like to see him given the sole focus. And if you don't yeah, think that I can he that. can carry that or he's garner the, those ratings, why the fuck did you sign him? Like you don't need someone in that position because you have guys that could already fill his role. Technically that being said, he's going to do great shit in ROH. Um, and he's going to be a guy that can pad up the championship win loss or win record. Like he could have been a guy that would, um, powerhouse Hobbs could do a backbreaker on him and maybe powerhouse Hobbs gets the backbreaker shine. Some shit like that, where he yeah. could be very good at doing those types of things. Um, but yeah, he's a fucking awesome talent. But that was a good match. Orange Cassidy looks great. Uh, and like I put in the article too, like I'm glad that like Bandito didn't go down the where is he for four week abyss, you know, like he's Swerve yep. or Keith Lee or something. It's like at least he's like on the show and doing shit again. Um, so yeah, good match. JS, they're improving too. Like 2.0 are very good in the ring. Like I only saw them as goofs for the longest time, but like, um, uh, not Menard, the other dude, another one. I don't know. Angelo He's, Parker. <laughs> cool hand, cool yeah, hands. He, he, he did really good in this match. I I know that sounds like a backhanded compliment, especially if you don't fucking remember his name, but he was a good hand. He did a good job of the match. I thought like 2.0 in particular really stood out. Yeah. 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 Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just real sorry to just step on you. I am not used to this three man booth. Uh, it's, it's too much. I just was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I actually really like the pairing of Bandito and OC together. I like that more than I like Orange Cassidy with best friends. Like I, I'm good with you breaking him off from that and him and Bandito just being best buds. They're they seem to have fun with it together. Bandito seems to really be eating it up. And I, I just it wasn't a pairing that I had thought of, but I, I like it. I liked them last week when they just did the okay or whatever <laughs> as at, backstage with uh with Renee. That was funny. <laughs> And just one thing on the JS, I would agree, except, and then I'll pass it over to you, Sean. I, I still, I feel like the JS every week that Daniel Garcia is in it, I care about him a little bit less. Like at this point, I kind of like audibly like sigh, like I'm kind of bummed that it's him versus Orange Cassidy next week. I'm sure that I'll end up getting shocked by it, but like, I'm just over him. His dance moves though are sweet. Like that one. I don't know. I fucking love it. It was a good match. I liked it. Uh, like the end with Adam Cole going to, to punch the face in of the guy who's got his wife's or girlfriend's uh, 
face on his t-shirt. Good match. Love to see Roddy back. And uh, can't wait to just cringe every time he does a backbreaker to someone new. But <laughs> my match, though, was uh, Sonata. I finally got back into New Japan, seeing Sonata as the champion, him beating uh, Hiromu Takahashi for the IWGP heavyweight. Cool to see the junior heavyweight come up and wrestle the uh, yes. champion of the heavyweight. Love that. Love that New Japan kind of has that breaking of the weight classes and can come and do that every so often. Love that there's a story there of the former LIJ member who overcame everyone in the, the old LIJ and is now winning it. And the storyline that um, the commentators could kind of put together with Hiromo could beat the LIJ Sonata, but it took the new Just Five Guys Sonata to to beat Hiromu with the his new crossroads kind of finisher. Hiromu could take everything else, the the cold skull, reverse guillotine and all that. Love New Japan. Love the uh the debut of the or the re-debut of the the old young boy. Made him look pretty good. Looking forward to that little feud. And just looking forward for Sonata to kind of take over. Great, great look, great physique. Would love for him to uh, take down the other LIJ members who are in the heavyweight division. Maybe not Shingo, but maybe. Yeah, yeah uh, Sonata's a handsome devil. This with Very this much. new look, he. My girlfriend is not allowed to watch New Japan as long as he's champion. Uh, what a <laughs> hunk! I um I I had heard that he had like he had redebuted some stuff and hadn't watched anything, and then I watched a little bit of that match, and uh, I was like, he actually looks like he looks like a star now. He looks like a champion. I wish they would get rid of that title and go back to the old new Japan belt. So, so badly, but um, yeah, it, it's good to see them, you know, leaning into a new, a new name, a new face, um, Younger both guy. with him, his challenger. Um, and it seems to be going better than with evil back during uh, the dark, the dark period of uh, the pandemic. Oh, very much so. Very much so. I wasn't familiar with that guy that came down. I mean, I was a young boy. You'd see him. Around yeah, I, I, I probably have. And like, but at the same time, I was like, well, you know what? It's good. It's a new person. Yeah, I, oh, I yeah. want to see new people on that show. Uh, there's just been so much recycling of the same shit constantly. So I hope new Japan um, does get a kick in the keister with this. And Sonata looks the part. I mean, I thought his match was a little bit like Okada ish. Really? A little bit, yeah. It was, it was, I thought like, it was a little my, faster than. Yeah, like, it, was, it was faster, but it was still like the, the, their main events are so epic, and they have to make a point of it being epic. Where sometimes I'm just like, "Come on, it's fucking, yeah. let's kick it up a gear a little bit." But um, it, it'll be interesting to see how he creates his own brand of yeah, and like finds his way, and like and like yeah. discovers his style because this is so new for him. Uh, and oh, he's yeah. a completely new wrestler. And it's crazy to think like, yeah, he was that, that goof with the Daniel Bryan beard it was Daniel Bryan. Then so I could say that. Um, hmm. And he is like, a, he looks like fucking Anoki. Like he, he just looks yeah. like a, like a less Jay Lounge Anoki. Yeah. 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 It looks like if you were looking at a picture of Anoki from like the 1950s, like, As just, a like, boy. like you translated him yeah. out of a photo. Mm hmm. Yeah, very good shit. Okay, well, let's go into our moment of the week. Alex, what was yours? Mine was the uh, the Mox and Blackpool Combat Club, uh, their promo, once it actually, once you could actually hear it. Uh, I just enjoyed it. I, <laughs> I haven't always enjoyed, like, sometimes Mox is a little bit too much for me. I mean, I like him all the time, but he, sometimes his promos, I'm like, okay, whatever. But I, I really love the, the angle that they're taking right now with um, 
once again, I'm going to steal from your article, Chris, but the whole thing with Danielson calling him a, uh, calling Yuta uh, a little shit, but also like complimenting him at the same time, <laughs> saying that he's going to one day be better than him and mm-hmm. uh, kind of just shitting on Bret Hart, which is, uh, we know that they are officially not going to be on the same uh, night as the uh, <laughs> FTR and CM Punk when uh, when the show splits. There, there's going to be a Bret Hart show and a non-Bret Hart show. And uh, I, I enjoyed. <laughs> I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it sold me on the on the cage match, and we'll talk about it more on the anticipation. But one thing I really appreciate about uh, AEW is we're going into that show knowing that there's going to be a cage match, and that ninety eight percent chance they're going to deliver on that. They don't really ever promote a big match that they don't have. Whereas in WWE, there'd be a good chance that. Mox would get uh, tripped by a mop bucket or something on his way to the ring. So he wouldn't be uh, able well. to, <laughs> so he wouldn't be able to perform. And then they'd end up having to just have a, a speaking segment to close out the show. So great job selling me on the show. Not that they really needed to. Yeah, we were already going, but this definitely got your blood pumping for what will be next week. And just we'll talk about it again later, but yeah, definitely looking forward to it. All right, Sean, what was your moment of the week? Uh, Jay Lethal and the boys going down to the, the old chicken farm to, to do some work with, with Mark was just, that was great. That comedy gold, uh, Sanjay Dutt in the, the overalls, no <laughs> shirt under, same with the big guy. Fantastic. No one seemed like too cool for school to like not just be a joke in that. and Loved it. Uh, Love to see what this is going to happen. I guess Mark Briscoe versus Jeff Jarrett eventually. That's where it's going to go. Love to see that and uh, just hilarious scene. Yeah, I liked That's... it a lot. It was a throwback to like old like TNT wrestling, like WWE stuff. It was like an There's old dusty vignette that they yeah. had done in the eighties or something. I just thought it was cute and yeah. I mean, it wasn't yeah, like I... the funniest thing of all time, but it was entertaining as shit. Yeah, it's just a little bit different. And also, that's friend of the show, Satnam Singh, Sean. I that's, remember that's I walked right. by him at an airport. So he's a he's a friend. Shared an airport with him. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Stared apologies. at him with everybody else. <laughs> My uncle claimed that he sold Hulk Hogan a car. Didn't yeah. your uncle also claim that he knew Buff Bagwell? He did. he worked out in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Different yeah. uncle. Oh, but oh, wow. yes, my <laughs> uncle did work out in the same gym as Buff Bagwell and a pre got his stuff. life saved Lex Luger and uh, Lex was down on his luck and acting like he was the manager of the gym. It would be like, OK, guys, we'll get this machine fixed. And they all just were like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> just for the job you want. Exactly. Uh, my moment of the week was uh, I just, it was a simple thing, but I liked that Sheeta didn't turn heel. Um the storyline isn't, you know, firing on all cylinders, but at least my intelligence wasn't insulted and they recycled the old DDP doesn't join the NWO storyline. And there's a lot of like little angles and little bits that you can steal from WCW that WWE just won't touch because Vince and Triple H didn't watch it. And the, you know, uh, it's been so long that I think you can recycle some of these or modify a little things here and there and tweak them to fit your characters and storylines. And this worked um, not the best moment of all time, but it was like, eh, it was a little interesting thing to keep momentum going. Now it'd be nice if Jamie Hader actually wrestled. Like that would be really cool if we saw a wrestle next That'd week, be but sick. you know, yeah. be nice. But 
Um, nice little touch. Amazed that she was able to run with those fucking shoes on. That was impressive as well. Can I give a small complaint? Um, this this feels like one of my most like coronet things that I could ever complain about. But it bothered it bothered me that Shivani goes, "What a swerve!" Don't call it a swerve. Oh, I don't. Yeah, that that annoyed me. That was I don't do that to me. Speaking of WCW, you you should listen I, I to the commentary back then of like how many times it'd be like, this is not supposed to happen. This isn't in the run sheet. This is a shoot. Like uh, they would say that shit all the time. It was awful. Yeah, okay. I, I'm not. Right, a, let's go I'm into other awful stuff. Cringe of the week. Let's keep it awful. Okay, I've got two because one of them's uh, personal to us, and I it's more of a PSA for our listeners: do not buy our merch until we get a new merch <laughs> store. Uh, <laughs> we made jokes last week, and I've been going back and forth with um, it's Teespring or Spring, I guess they're now known as. Uh, their answer when I ask about it is they're like, "Oh, we have to." Um, we've put out a request to our production team, and we're just waiting to hear back from them. I'm like, well, I, I sent you a picture of what you sent me with an upside down logo and that's not the way that the logo is supposed to look. And they're like, yeah, but we need to hear that from production. So we're now on over two weeks since I initially filed something with them and I've gotten just nothing and they just don't care. So I can't close the store until this issue is closed, which is really annoying. Um, So that's my PSA. If anybody here knows a good merch place to uh, utilize that does, you know, kind of like the buying on demand um, that's ideal. So we don't have to fill up our basements with, uh, merchandise that we then have to ship out. Uh, so that's my PSA slash cringe. But my other cringe is, my God, uh, is maybe this is me because I'm so negative on it. But I felt like there was just no heat in that main event last night. Like nobody gave a shit. Once at the end, once Sammy did his like turn or you know slapped MJF or whatever, there was a reaction. But there was a point in the middle of that match where it looked like everybody in the front row was just texting, not paying attention. There was no noise, nothing. It was uncomfortably quiet. And it's kind of shocking to me that they have not pivoted off of this because I don't know how you saved us at this point. I mean, I think it would be, it's more, it's more damaging. I think to what they'll do to long-term in these guys, if you had, kick jungle boy out of the match or sammy out of it i, I just mean, i think it should be darby too that he has steps. more he has more merit there but i don't know it's it's you just gotta let it go i guess i know it's i just bad, almost wonder if i'd rather it just like eh. could you get away though Go with on. if you saw this a few weeks ago you know happening i feel like you could have then ran this match next week in detroit or somewhere else and then the double or nothing match ends up being something else. That's where I think that they should have done it. It probably would have been obvious to a lot of us sure. that they that they had that they had pivoted still, but then you're not just fully like <laughs> like remember when they just all of a sudden decided that the nightmare factory didn't exist or whatever, the Brandy's Brandy's group that was going around cutting girls' hair. They were just like, Oh yeah, that doesn't exist no. anymore. You're not fully yeah, doing yeah. that. But I, I do think that making this a double or nothing match, I've got a one of my friends, uh, Brandon, he'll, he'll be attending next week. So um, he was debating if he was going to go to Vegas or not, or if he was just going to go somewhere else that same weekend still. And he was planning on going to every single AEW pay-per-view this year. And he's at this point, he's like, I, 
I don't really need to go to that. And that's somebody who wow. goes, he's, he's going to, he's going to Wembley for all in and then he'll be in Chicago Shit. a week later for all out. So, um, this is somebody who is a big, big wrestling fan that, uh, there's just not, nobody's really sold. I feel like on this, on this world title match and we've, we all were craving a MJF title run and I'm just not, it's not delivering right now and it's not his fault. Not no. If he was a baby face, I wonder how the dynamics would be. It'd be different. Like he wanted to be heel because creatively, I think that's what he feels he's best at. Um, and I think he just wants to be the same character for a long term and not flip and change all the time. But man, oh man, you wonder what what position they would be in if he was like the rock type of he uh, baby face where he's still an asshole and still a heel. But I don't know, just has a different demeanor. Yeah, I'm not psyched on this, be, but I yeah. wonder if they'll do like the stadium stampede or they'll do the fuck whatever the hell they did the match with. Um, Eddie Kingston all bloody bringing down the gasoline whatever the hell that was called Anarchy Anarchy Arena Arena. Mm. yeah Yeah. Vengeance in Vegas whatever they're gonna do Urban's probably available they can still grab him up oh my god yeah maybe he can kick a punter (laughs) (laughs) kick Darby down a flight of stairs yeah yeah, this scoops yeah. scoops. He can scoop Tay's ass. Uh, like he does in his old uh, bar. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! As I have my Ohio State thing on today. <laughs> Look at uh. you. Yeah the the pillar match kind of lost its luster for me. It's just uh, it's happening now. We've we've seen the writing on the wall. This is going to be a four way and just too much of a formality to to build up to double or nothing. All right, Sean, boy, what was your cringe? My cringe, tomorrow, Cinco de Mayo. You're probably listening to this on Cinco de Mayo. There's like five Lucha wrestling shows or events that have Lucha Libre wrestling at it. And it's just too much. Put everyone in one place so we can all enjoy it. I'm going, to a show with, I'm going to a show with uh, Mil, 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 Mil Muertes, right? That's what his name is? Mil Muertes. Mil Mascaris? Yeah. Uh, no, Mascaris Mil Muertes. Is, from okay. uh, like, Lucha Underground. Dead. Yeah, from Lucha Underground. Oh. Black Taurus is going to be somewhere in, I think, Waterford or Pontiac. Ferndale's doing an event with some shows. Everyone come in one spot. Let me watch the best wrestling I can at one given time. And what the hell? But simple as that. I didn't, know about, I didn't know about the Black Taurus show. Black Taurus? No. That guy's insane to, to see live. When we saw yeah. him at WrestleCon, I... I thought we were going to watch him get hurt 20 times. God damn. Big boy. Big, big boy. It's good to see that there is some sort of a, an appetite clearly for a luchador or lucha wrestling here in the uh, Metro Detroit area. It only makes sense. It's Cinco de Mayo. Let's, let's go all out, but let's go all out in one, one spot, one city. Ferndale. Yeah. Now you know. My cringe of the week was the battle Royal. I hate battle Royals now. Uh, just a lot of napping. I don't know. That was just like that to me felt egregious. There's just so many guys just doing Jack to fuck all in that. Billy Gunn was sleeping so much of that match and just an absolute dick. I just don't get the appeal. Like to have three people from each team all at the same time. Yeah. It's just a clusterfuck. And they should have done it where they have in the past where like they set groups to come out at later moments. But 
it just, uh, yeah, yeah. Too much sleeping. I'm, I'm really against this whole idea of these multi like tag team battle Royals. And it seems to be Tony Khan's favorite type of match right behind a dog collar match. Cause he it's a way to, it's a way to cram in so many people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, then don't put, I, I don't know. It's like on one hand you're like, okay, well then don't put people on shows and don't fly everyone in. Cause that's a huge cost. But at the same point, then it hurts their, um, issue that they have with people just disappearing. Like where the fuck have house of black been for the longest yeah. time? Like, what was the point of them having the titles so far? They threw them away, didn't they? Wasn't that what that promo yeah, was? I think they did on the show. And it's just like, yeah. good God, I don't like, so there's some merit, I think to sometimes of the booking, just being like, what the fuck? Or like, why? I don't understand this. And, and as much as there's logic to things and there's so many great little Easter eggs going on, um, the thoughtlessness of, some of the own, their own titles that they have can just be jarring. And this felt like, okay, well, just fucking have a trio's battle royal to have a challenger for double or nothing, I guess. Uh, whatever. It just felt like, meh. Yeah. I'll take 20. But Max and Castor I'm... was fucking hilarious in his rap on the way to the ring. That was pretty good. At the yes, moment. yes. He always, always. always <laughs> delivers there. Always. I will say I am ready for Billy Gunn to turn or do something so that he's not with them anymore. Like, that the daddy ass thing has run its course. It did probably three to six months ago. Um, and I just, I, I don't need to see him having actual matches, which it looks like now he will be as a trio. It's amazing how long he's wrestled for and that he gets these, like yeah. he's got more nine lives than Jeff Jarrett at times. Like Jeff Jarrett at least is like an owner or has, there's a reason why he's in, he's there like Billy Gunn. I've just never understood the appeal, but he did have a good run with, you know, the acclaimed and shit, but it's like, good Lord. I just don't, eh, it's not working. And then also Sometimes. not working too. another additional cringe. Like is Hobbs and QTV going to be done now? Like that kind of seems like they're breaking up or failing or I don't know. It just was like, what the hell's going on there? The two weeks of Hobbs, they, they gave up on them after you, know, yeah. you put the title on board though. And, awful okay all right well let's get happy again we got a lot of things to look forward to we have a match or a match we have a show in uh detroit in the d and i was gonna say joe lewis arena but it's little pizza little caesar's arena pizza, pizza. <laughs> so stupid <laughs> a house that mike Illich built yeah and the city of detroit paid for Tech the house page. that chris Illich isn't really chipping in on <laughs> <laughs> yeah no kidding yeah i'm I'm excited. We talked about it already, but the the cage match that we'll see, um, I think it, Sean, you said that we're going to get some sort of a uh, a thing from FTR, right? They're, it's like they said they're going to make an appearance. Is that right? There, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we'll get to see some FTR. Get to see some ROH. The ROH matches, like, there's always a, like at least one or two good ones on tele or you know oh, when yeah. they when they air it. So we get to see a good cool match Claudio. before. Um, yeah, get to see some Claudio. Um, I'm just, I'm excited to see it. It, I, I think I said it last week, but if, if the trade-off to only getting AEW once a year in Detroit is we always get a bigger show, that's, that's worth it to me. It'll be nice too, to go from last time having the the dual rings for, um, blood and guts to going back to a single one of all the other matches kind of get fucked around with having the extra ring. So it'd be nice to go back to just a less than one ring can take that steel cage all the way up. We want to see it. And yeah, D 
Daniel Garcia, Orange Cassidy. Should be fun. Good in CFTR. Probably respond to Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Can't wait for it. Just that, that cage match is going to be awesome. Yeah, looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to seeing... Um, we never, I don't think we've seen Hook wrestle live. So that'd be cool if he actually did have a match. That'd be nice to see. He yeah, because yeah, last time, remember, the, remember he just came out, came ate a out. chip, and then went back? Yeah. <laughs> As you'd expect him to do, but... <laughs> Still, Still, I actually hope we get to see him wrestle. Um, God, I'll be so disappointed if we get stuck with like a Four Pillars pro- promo to start the show. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, or they do a contract signing. Check the Instagram that could totally for Chris's happen. immediate reaction. We'll, we'll capture that if that's the case. No, but it'll be fun. I Brother think there's going to be a lot of good uh, ROH matches and a lot of yep. ancillary stuff and it'll be a good crowd. And like you said, they don't always come to Detroit. So it's always going to be a hot crowd and this is a really great wrestling city. Um, so it'll be a fun, fun show. I'm looking forward to it. Um, with that in mind, I actually just want to go a little bit off the script here. What's your favorite cage match? I'm talking about cage matches so much. What's your favorite cage match? Uh, it doesn't have to be the one that you give the highest, you know, match rating or star yeah. rating or whatever, but just one you're sentimental on. Yeah, my, mine's good. easy. It's it's the uh, it's from my first article when I talked about it. Uh, Eddie Guerrero versus JBL uh, on SmackDown, and oh, yeah. um, phew, what would that have been? Two thousand four, two thousand three, two thousand four. July, I know it was in July, um, but that that was like the match that got me into it. Seeing I was so amazed seeing uh, Eddie Guerrero jump, do a frog splash off the top uh, of the cage. That blew my mind. And one of my favorite stories that I've ever heard of Eddie or from JBL is that they practiced that spot one time. They had a crash test dummy in the ring. Eddie did it before the show, missed, and he said, all right, I'm good. And then (laughs) (laughs) then went live with it. Know what not to do. Uh, so that um, that that stands out to me because that was that I was like kind of like okay, wrestling's kind of cool, and like that was what hooked me was was that was that show. Kurt Angle then coming in as a, I'm not going to remember his name, but he was a coming in as a masked luchador, uh, had his face or had the the mask removed, uh, which then revealed that he had healed from his broken leg and no longer needed to be GM. So. That yeah. kind of got me all hooked in. I remember the next week, the next week, I was so excited to see what the fallout was going to be because it was like, Mr. McMahon is going to address all of this. And I had to be, my parents wanted to drive to Chicago that next Friday. Uh, and so that was actually how I discovered that SmackDown was pre-taped because I was able to find the spoilers online the night before and read those. And I was like, okay, now I know what happens. <laughs> Nice. Save the day. Sean, do you have a favorite cage match? Um, yeah, I got uh, two that kind of come to mind. Of, I think it was uh, SummerSlam. Uh, Dudley Boys versus the Hardy Boys. Matt escaped the ring, and Jeff is kind of left there to, to fucking die. Uh, almost gets out, decides to go and dive on, uh, I think it was Devon Dudley, through a table. Classic Jeff Hardy. That's why he probably is the person he is today. But Ouch. great little match, and just kind of always like what made you wonder even why you do a tag team match in a, a steel cage. But what if one person escapes and then you're just you left your left your brother fucked? Just not great. Jeff Hardy had another great one with um, CM Punk back when uh, Straight Edge Society 
all that. So, mm. of course, Jeff Hardy's going to be involved in steel cage matches, and it'd be fun back in the day. I was also a tag match. It was Macho Man and Zeus versus Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake for No Holds Barred, the match, the movie. Pay-per-view was on Super Tape in 1990. That was one of the first matches I ever saw that I was like super into. Um, I remember renting the tape and just thinking that was the greatest match of all time and such a big match when really it was just like a dark show taping and it's so such a fucking throwaway thing and Zeus is awful in it, but Sherry's interfering and running around. Macho Man does the thing where he goes to the top and wraps his the 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 chain around his you know his hands and does the double fist and misses it and just I was so hooked by it. like oh my god what action. <laughs> A little dickhead oh, for a steel cage. A steel cage match is one of the ones that still hits. I feel like I I, I don't love that WWE Absolutely. still allows you to it. Doesn't allow you to. Or I don't like the allowing you to escape through the door. I actually don't mind it the climbing out because usually that leads to something kind of cool. Um, I'd prefer that you have to settle it in the ring. But the steel cage match is the one that still like to me. I'm fucking pumped to see it, and I would have been pumped to see it as a kid. Uh, everything else like Hell in a Cell like. We saw it. It was cool, but it also has kind of like lost its luster. I wouldn't give a shit about seeing an Inferno match or a casket match really live, but a steel cage match is that's always going to, you know, get me going a little bit. Hell yeah, it's old school goodness. Got to love that stuff. Okay, so uh, Alex, you had a question that you wanted to ask us on the show. Um, Who would you like to see MJF feud with next? Yeah, so looking into uh, the summer, um, yeah. you know, assuming that uh, assuming he survives the three equally as um, I don't know how he talented could. pillars, <laughs> the odds are stacked against him. Yeah, and uh, he doesn't have the champion's advantage in this match because there's no DQ in a fatal four way. Okay, uh, but you know, so we're gonna look into the summer going into not counting Forbidden Door really, but going into All In and All Out. You know who's a who's a good opponent for for uh, for MJF. I I would love to say Adam Cole, but I have a feeling that you know based on his current feud, he's gonna be tied up for a few more months. Uh, it's probably a couple more months than it should go. So <laughs> maybe they blow it off at uh, Revolution. Who knows? <laughs> Double or nothing, twenty twenty five. Jesus uh, Christ! But. I, I, I would like to see it be Adam Cole. Uh, I'd actually would really like to see him feud with Keith Lee, but they would need to build up Keith Lee first. I think Keith Lee is like, yeah. he is the ultimate good teddy bear, like good baby face. Uh, so I think that people would actually really get behind him and, you know, he'd be a believable threat from a physical standpoint. I think he can, you know, he can do enough talking that he can stand, stand his own and not look like an idiot. I would love to see that feud happen before MJF drops the title. Did you guys have anybody that came to mind besides uh, Adam Cole, baby? I think from a business standpoint, like I, it's not my dream match, but I think what would generate a lot of money would be Orange Cassidy, given the role that he's yeah. been on. Um, I mean, I'd like to see Keith Lee more, though. But yeah, that's a good call. Keith Lee I think is a good Orange Cassidy makes a lot of financial sense because I'm assuming he's got to drop this international title at some point. Um, him taking it to Wembley against Pac is almost too obvious. Oh. We've kind of done that 
a lot. Good They've so. done that match enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, mm-hmm. we've, we've had our share of that. But where is Pac? I know Pac does his like he goes away for three weeks and comes back, but it feels like he's been gone extra long this time. Yeah, he's I can't been, even remember the last time we saw him. I think it was when he lost the international title, right? Or no, when they when they lost when the six man title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, cool. Okay, and then the last thing I wanted to bring up: so there's been a lot of controversy online regarding Britt Baker's shirt. For those of you who haven't seen the shirt, it's Britt's face. Um, she's got the, the black eye on her face. A lot of folks are disturbed by it. A lot of people have uh, negative thoughts on it. A lot of people go, well, no, it's fine. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Because it's a very controversial issue on the uh, Twitter and the Reddits. It can't be more disgusting or creepy than the Vince McMahon mugshot t-shirt that WWE was selling, that, that fake <laughs> shit. But uh, no, it... It doesn't even kind of register on my radar with, I, I can see where people are coming with what it could possibly signify or anything, but it, it's not drawing that line with me. So I can get over it. I I had no problem with, with Jericho wearing the shirt. I don't think that it's probably a shirt that you necessarily want people buying and wearing out. It's I personally, but also I'm, I'm pretty uh, laissez faire in the sense of like, people want to i guess they can i just wouldn't personally want to explain that to a stranger or somebody uh, in my life that is like why do you have a picture of this woman with a black eye on here i don't i don't think that it's uh that cool of a shirt but then again um you know candace LeRae has sold some pretty brutal looking shirts and they even sold i believe one of brit from the unsanctioned match right where she was all bloodied up broken nose or whatever it was so it's not the first time they've done it um I actually didn't see any of the, the the stuff about this. I didn't realize that they were selling the shirt um, until you had brought it up. I thought people were upset about Jericho wearing it, which I thought was dumb because I was like, well, in context, it makes sense why he's wearing this. Yeah, he's a heel. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's he's really drumming it up that Adam Cole left his girlfriend to take that beating by the other female wrestlers. Um, it, it's one of those things where it's like, are people just bored? I don't, I don't fully know. But I do understand the side of it that it's I understand the bad taste side, but I also don't really care enough to like be up in arms about it, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not up in arms either. I'm just a little bit more hypersensitive about these kind of things, I guess, or just like I could see the the juice isn't worth the squeeze. And I I think, you know, with Brit's other shirt, she's in a winner mode. She's it's a different demeanor, a different circumstance on the on the on the shirt this one you just i i see a victim of domestic abuse and i know she's not I can, and i know this yeah is, I, but I, that picture without with no context, context just the yeah. image of it um in those images that i've seen before like that's what i see and so i, can I see that she's trying to have a little bit of both ways by saying like well it's a double standard and if like if a man was doing this like yeah it is a different thing seeing a woman with a black eye is different to me than seeing a man yeah. with a black eye i don't know Maybe sure. that makes me fucked up and misogynistic, but I don't know. I just, I just never want to see a woman with Screw a black eye. And it's so weird how that makes you like a shitty person <laughs> or like, yeah, but I don't know. It just, to me, I don't think that it's not worth, um, and, and aren't wrestling shirts embarrassing enough. Don't we have so much explanations we have to give when we have a gimmick on, do we need anything worse <laughs> and weirder to say? Exactly. Yeah. Like, would you yeah. wear that in downtown Detroit on Wednesday? No, 
I wouldn't wear it uh, in Auburn Hills on a Thursday either. Like I, uh, <laughs> it's not a shirt that I, I care to, I care to wrap. We were talking about it earlier. Like remember when Becky Lynch had that last kicker shirt and then men were walking around wearing that shirt. That's uh, not a great, uh, not a great message to, to be sending. And I, I definitely get where you're coming from and can see the idea of it's just not probably not worth it. Well, you know, it is worth it. Subscribing to our podcast on iTunes or Apple. <laughs> I couldn't even get through the stupid transition without giggling at myself. Who's about fucking lame that was. <laughs> You're but, great. You're great. <laughs> yeah. We're keeping it. We're like keeping it. Roll through it. Yeah. Well, we're, oh, we're keeping this shit in. Um, if you like what you heard today and God help you, if you did give us a five star review, uh, make sure that you visit us at wrestling for all of our latest articles, match reviews, etc. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. Uh, please support us. We are building this organically. We do need your help. So giving us the five star ratings, um, and giving us follows and sharing it with your friends in the internet wrestling community does help us out. Uh, we've had a tremendous year so far in terms of numbers, and we hope to keep building that and moving up. So please give us uh, likes, feedback, whatever it is, so we can keep doing this and uh, having as much fun as we've had with it. We're going to be live in Detroit next week. It's going to be an awesome show. I'm super psyched for it. Um, I've been on paternity leave for forever, it feels like. I really needed to get out of the fucking house today, so I'm sure I'm going to be ready to go by Wednesday and really wanting to have some fun. My wife's going to be off of work that day, so I get to get out of the house even earlier than expected. So I'll be downtown a little bit earlier than I even thought. So um, we're going to party like it's a USFL game, Sean. It's going to be (laughs) woohoo! Go Panthers. Come on. Let's try to to turn our season around. Just like Big E. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We failed to mention that, I guess. We so. did fail to mention that. We did Sean and I went to a USFL game. Uh God help us. Uh Blackluster. Yeah. They didn't do this poor performance. It's pretty shitty. But they did have some Bud Zeros there, so I got to party like a rock star. But heavies. Uh, but heavy yeah. zeros. Don't don't sell yourself <laughs> short. You got a full meal in that can. Yeah, two of them. Uh, screw so number twenty one on the generals. You suck. You'll always suck. Yeah, fuck but, that guy. Uh, was it Allison? Yeah, 21. That's all I remember. Yeah, but we booed We tried him giving it to him, but can do what we can. Yeah, we tried. All right, well, help us out. Hook us up. Follow the show. Subscribe to the show. Give us some listens. Give us some reviews on iTunes and visit the website if you can. We'll be back next week with our thoughts on this very important show from Detroit. Rick Rude, send us home. Hit the music.